Hello, it's Nick Brown, Global Health Commission Editor for Archives of Disease and Childhood. I'm delighted to be able to present another ADC Global Health podcast. On this occasion, I'm really pleased to be able to welcome Anna Rose from UCL, who's done a lot of HIV work in Zambia. Anna, welcome. Hi. I just wonder whether you could set the scene a little bit in terms of global HIV prevalence and of those, how, within those, how big a problem uh, malnutrition is. Absolutely. So I'm sure we're all aware of the sort of scale of the HIV epidemic worldwide. And quite a large burden that is shared by the paediatric population. Estimates are often quite difficult to make, but it's thought about three and a half million children worldwide are HIV positive, with about 400 to 500,000 new cases in the paediatric population every year. So it is a huge problem for paediatric health on a global scale. Uh, The majority of these children um, have a high rate of mortality, with uh, many children dying before the age of two years due to the aggressive course of HIV in children. So how how does uh, nutritional decompensation magnify the risk in an HIV-infected child? And in addition to that, does being malnourished to start with accelerate the process of the HIV infection? Absolutely. So they're intricately linked problems and it's a very complex area. Malnutrition in itself is a huge problem for under fives worldwide. You know, estimates of around two million children uh, die from malnutrition each year. And malnutrition and HIV largely occur in the same populations. So this is in resource limited settings, particularly in sub-Saharan Africa. And the two conditions really interact Estimates of co-occurrence are quite difficult to make, but it's thought around 30% of children dying from severe acute malnutrition are HIV positive. And the causes of these interactions are manifold. There are both medical problems um, and social problems that contribute. Okay. What parts and how does one undertake nutritional rehabilitation in a child with HIV? What differences are there in children who are known to be infected and those who are uninfected in terms of their nutritional rehab? Well, the gross principles are the same, that they require replacement of the nutritional deficit. But we know that there is still a huge discrepancy in mortality between HIV positive and HIV negative Uh, for treatment of malnutrition. But the basic principles in an HIV-positive child, um, the key first step is the stabilisation of that child. That involves treatment of acute medical problems, particularly co-infections, which are, of course, much more frequent in HIV-positive children. This would include things like um, gastroenteritis, tuberculosis, respiratory tract infections and um, candidiasis. And also in that acute stabilisation phase, addressing acute um, electrolyte imbalances and other medical problems. After that, it's absolutely essential for staging of the HIV infection and assessing for antiretroviral therapy. And that might include the initiation of antiretroviral therapy at that moment, or that can be delayed Uh, to a later stage. Beyond that, it then becomes much more similar to an HIV-negative child with replacement of nutrients uh, 
using things like the F75 and F100 um, therapies, aiming for a slow but steady weight gain and with regular review and follow-up of that child for several months of therapy. Okay, you you mentioned briefly uh, staging the initiation of treatment, particularly Mm. delaying uh, the start of ART. Now, that's probably counterintuitive to many people who'll be listening. What's the rationale for that? It's quite a controversial area at the moment, actually, and there is no definitive guideline as to when to initiate antiretrovirals in a child with malnutrition. Um, The problem that seems to have risen is there have been quite a few case reports of initiation of art causing a worsening of malnutrition and indeed in some cases precipitating severe edema and a quashia core type picture in children. This phenomenon isn't understood at the moment and it is a focus of ongoing research but it's thought that perhaps it is a variant of the immune reconstitution syndrome or a refeeding syndrome. That's that's very interesting. In terms of implications uh, for the UK, every child who comes to outpatients gets weighed. Should we be more vigilant with HIV-infected children? Absolutely. Um, Monitoring and assessing the nutritional uh, state of any child is important in in follow-up, but especially in any HIV-positive children, um, the growth chart should be very carefully monitored, check they are gaining weight appropriately. Uh, One of the uh, big causative agents is that actually HIV positive children need a higher calorie intake and micronutrient intake compared to HIV negative children and the parents may not be aware of this so using these uh, regular follow-ups as a way of educating the parents and monitoring HIV positive children is certainly of benefit. Great. Final question now. Where where do you see things in five, ten years' time, particularly in terms of sub-Saharan Africa? Mm. Is there a better pathway by which these children can reach medical attention and through which they can be more aggressively treated in the first place? And that's a huge question and very difficult to answer because there are so many barriers. One of the big things that is being looked at is trying to implement earlier Uh, intervention in these children with community-based therapies. As is uh, fairly self-evident, a big problem in the developing world is that many people don't have access to hospital-based therapy. You know, there may be vast geographical distances, parents unable to take time off work, other children to look forward to, and all of these barriers mean children with malnutrition don't often end up in hospital. So improvements in community-led treatment for malnutrition and prevention of malnutrition really should be the focus of the work to improve nutrition in HIV positive children. Okay so it's a more fundamental community level I think so. Approach. Anna that's been fascinating. Thanks very much for coming to talk to us. Thanks.